Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Today is our Astro Inklings, and you'll see there's Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac sitting here with me. Good morning, Tam. How are you doing? Good morning, Janet. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yay, we're happy to have you here, too. And I just realized that I should be sitting in your room because it's pinkish. <laughs> <laughs> and you could be, well, it doesn't matter because my colors are everywhere, but oh, that's funny. This is called the big pink office. This is my, this is what I call it. The big pink office. That's awesome. Yeah. So welcome to everybody that is joining us today. Both Pam's are, <laughs> Tam's. Uh -oh. <laughs> More coffee. I was looking at Pam Zaruba, who had just said, Happy Ash Wednesday, everyone. And so Pam and Tam, you know, it's easy to make that mistake. Uh, but anyway, hello to everybody who is joining us or will be joining us. We have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Um, as I was looking ahead, of course, I, you know, I I live ahead and you do too, because right oh. now we're in the midst of writing the stuff for 2023. Mm -hmm. So Sometimes I have this confusion, like thinking about Saturn going into Pisces, and I'm like, wait, 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 that's next year, not this year. <laughs> wait, 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 back up. Uh, because when we're writing for, you know, a year ahead of time, uh, you know, you're focused there, and then you got to come back. Yeah. But even as I came back and looked at March, it's a busy month. It is a busy month. I I have my notes. Yeah, it's a busy month. <laughs> And we are honored today to be able to start to, I mean, what are the odds that we get to have our show this morning? And we are also, you know, staring down the barrel here in the next hour or two of a new moon yeah. in the sign of Pisces and one that happens to be extraordinary. Yeah. And I thought that's maybe where we should start today. I think we should. Let's talk about that new moon in Pisces. Yeah, let's do. Um, so much to say about it. First, I thought maybe we could talk about Pisces in general, kind of set the stage so people understand, okay, well, what is Pisces? Why do we care? Why do we care about Pisces? And then I actually have the chart of the the new moon, and then I'll share that on the screen, and we can sort of, if you will, dissect it, even though that's not quite how it works. It all kind of works together, and see what some of the the, the powerful uh, transits are that are in that is that does that sound good to you sounds beautiful let's do that yay okay so now anybody who's out there listening to this to us this morning if you have questions uh feel free to post them in the comments stream and i know tam you can't see the comment stream necessarily i can but, oh you can mm -hmm. whoa okay so if you see a question then um you can certainly jump in and answer it and uh vice versa that's good so then i don't miss questions Woohoo! Uh, so let's talk about Pisces. Mm -hmm. Now, Pisces is a very interesting sign. There's so many good things that we could talk about here. <laughs> right? The imagination. That's where I started this morning. I went right into imagination yeah. and uh, the idea of that the co-creative possibilities that live here. And the imagination being the seeding ground from which everything comes into being. Well, when I think Pisces, the very first thing I think of is the creativity. You said co-create and absolutely it's co-creation between the, yes. the veil and ourselves, but the, the creative spirit of my Piscean friends is through the roof. It's through the roof. I always say to myself, am I sure I'm not a Pisces? <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is everybody has Pisces in their chart somewhere, right? right? Everybody does. Yes. And uh, that means that everybody has the potential for that Piscean creativity, imagination mm. uh, to, to come up to the surface. Mm -hmm. Now, I liken Pisces to the deep ocean. Yes. And if you think about the deep ocean, all, I mean, think of the life that teems just beneath the surface. Like mm -hmm. I lived near the ocean and I can look out, I can see it right there, right? I'm looking out there and I see the water, but I don't see what's under the water. Yet I know that there is an entire universe operating underneath it. Right. Uh, beautifully said. I'm looking at the various pictures of the ocean I have in front of me <laughs> on the other side of this. And, and that's so true. There's so much activity going on in the depths of the ocean. Um, it's, it's, I mean, I always think about Pisces as being a very, uh, 
deep, like you said, in water, but I really hadn't thought about the life that's there. And when you bring that life to the surface, that's what the Pisces do. Right, exactly. And the life in the ocean, okay, it has its own parameters and what have you. But if you think of it, if you think of Pisces for your own self as the ocean from which all creativity springs, there you go. Then all you're doing is going in with a dipper, a cup, mm-hmm. a bottle. I've got both, <laughs> uh, and digging out or or bringing to the surface that which it is that you want to create. Mm. And in a way, this relates to dreaminess as well, right? Yes. All things sort of come from a dream. And today, with the new moon coming up with Pisces energy, it's our job then to to make it a dream, make it a big dream, and mm-hmm. then embellish it. What does it look like, feel like, taste like, smell like? Who are you with? What are you doing? Um, and And add the details. But then also to qualify that with a sort of saying like this or something better, right? We don't want to pigeonhole the universe. It could be be bigger. It could be better. It could be awesome, right? So uh, we have that part of the Piscean energy. But then we also have the connection that Pisces has to joyful states of being. Yeah. Yeah. The joy, the bliss is another great word for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think of it as universal love. Yeah, the compassion piece of Pisces is the other part. My again, I can only relate it to my Piscean friends. It's like they're the ones that can bring the tears and their big bleeding hearts to every single situation. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I always, I always say, wow, they go to love first. Mm. They go there first. And it's so beautiful to witness and and to be the recipient of a Piscean love. Wow. Yes, yes. There's so much emotion in Pisces. And that's another part of its magic is that there's emotional sensitivity. Mm-hmm. There's intuition. There's yeah. powerful psychic sensitivity. It's almost inordinate uh, that we we have this tool that's so powerful mm. that uh, some of us ignore, right? Yeah. I got to tell you a funny story. My youngest daughter this morning said she woke up and she heard that Uh, she needed to take her tiger's eye with her today. And when she went downstairs, getting ready to walk out the door, she was going to the bowl of uh, stones to pick a stone to take with her. And she's like, hmm, I don't know what to take. Never mind that she heard this message, right? Well, the universe, she she reaches into the bowl and she pulls out tiger eye. She's like, hmm, maybe I should be listening to my (laughs) my intuition. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, how many times does that happen to us too? And a new moon in Pisces gives us an opportunity to reconnect to that. Mm-hmm. Not that we've lost it. I think we just ignore it maybe. Or yeah, we... I, think, I think many of us in our busy lives do tend to ignore that part of us. We all have psychic capacity. It's just whether or not we choose to tap in. Yeah. And I think Pisces also takes us into the mystical states. Mm. So you know, and the, and we bring up those mystical states in different ways, right? Through exercise, through re- religious rites. Uh, I think I'm thinking about like the Sufi uh, whirling dervishes, yeah. or the the way that movement or dance or mm-hmm. poetry can bring us and move us into a state of mysticism. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that, and of course, the higher power. This is a sign that connects us directly with the higher consciousness and the unconsciousness. So equally available, right? The unconscious where the one fish is is swimming in the depths while maybe the other fish is swimming higher, right? It's, you know, the flying fish, (laughs) the one that kind of makes it up through. And in the higher power, we have states like surrender, Mm. trust, Mm -hmm. faith, faith a big, big, big one in Pisces and made even more powerful because Jupiter's in Pisces and Neptune in Pisces, where we have, you know, the archetypes of uh, having faith and and living from a space of faith in a higher power, in our higher selves. I feel that energy so strongly. I'd love to know from the people who are listening, like, are you feeling that Jupiter in Pisces? I mean, and especially over the next day or two, I, for me, it's like really rampant. It's really working. It's magic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, people are, are mentioning their dreams. Uh, Susie Gemini oh, had amazing okay. dreams last night. I never remember my dreams, but this one she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine Buckingham. 
says, my youngest son is a March 18th Pisces. We can complete each other's sentences sometimes. I love that. He is a self-taught, gifted musician. Musician. Music. Yeah, there's that other. Very Pisces. Yep. Very Piscean. Uh, Spiritual healing. All part of this. Yes. Yep. Right. Um, And then if we look at unconditional love and we unpack that a little bit, Mm -hmm. we see things like forgiveness Mm -hmm. and understanding and Mm -hmm. tolerance and acceptance and Mm -hmm. compassion. You said that compassion and oneness, right? This is a sign that can show us oneness or show us the unity of all things. And I've already blown this one today. Non-judgmental thinking. Oh, Janet, we don't want to know the details. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. it, it was focused on me, right? I'm, fo- I, I'm, I walked over to open up the drapes, and I, I was th- having this conversation in my mind, and I'm like, "Oops, you already blew this one today," because I was judging myself. And uh, you know, it's not just me; all of us at times we're going around judging ourselves harshly. And what's funny is I, I just started a new book yesterday. I would recommend this book to any of you out here, male or female, but particularly if you're a woman, young or old, it doesn't really matter. And it's called A Radical Awakening. And uh, the lady's name is Shefali. Oh, my goodness. Her name escapes me. Hold on one second here. I have the book. A Radical Awakening. Turn pain into power. Embrace your truth. Live free. Uh, this says Dr. Sheffley, but I thought she had a last name that was listed. I just don't see it there. And amazing, right? At first, I'm like, oh, I pr- I've already been through this awakening thing, right? I'm 60. I'm probably not going to awaken much more. And she- <laughs> well, hello. She pulled me up short on that one, right? That, that Because there's so many different depths of things. And Pisces gives us that access. The whole reason I brought that up is the access to those deeper more hidden parts of ourselves uh, are accessible now. Mm. Uh, Here's another question for us. What can we heal during this Pisces new moon? Right. Right. Great question. Yeah. So I started looking at some of the shadows. You know, I write for you, uh, for the almanac I'm writing. This year, I'm actually going to do the the gift and the shadow. You probably noticed that little change in the writing because I thought I'm tired of just focusing on the shadow. Mm. We need to focus there a little, right? We need to know, but I want to know how do I move out of that shadow? So what can we heal? Defeatist attitudes, Mm. victim thinking. Victimhood. Yes, that's unfortunately can be a trait of Pisces. So let's Mm -hmm. look at that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that actually is a trait across the whole Virgo Pisces axis. Yes. So victimhood. Yeah. Yep. Martyrdom, victimhood, savior, and all of these other things that that are old paradigms mm-hmm. that are, you know, just, just ripe for us to <laughs> heal, to right. let go of. Yeah. Uh, what about addictions? Right. Right. And I, when I say addictions, I don't mean things just like, you know, drugs and alcohol or sex or gambling. I mean, you know, some of us are addicted to um, bad okay. relationships. Oh, the phones. Oh, Oh, right. I did put, I did silence mine. So I don't even look at it hardly when I'm uh, doing broadcasts, but uh, we might also be addicted to a specific behavior. Like I, I noticed that all the time. Yep. I I think that's really brilliant. Um, I, addiction is, is the right word, but also like if you kind of use the word escapism, it's Ah. ways to escape life and dealing uh, I, I will say like, I tend to notice, um, the dreaminess stops the action taking with Pisces. I have a lot of Pisces people in my life, family members, as well as friends. And I noticed that they're not really action takers. Like the Virgo act, other side of the access is more willing to take the steps to get things done. They all look at me and they say, you're a finisher. How do you finish things like the Pisces, like have that big dream? I'm going to do this yummy thing, but they it's more fun to dream about it than to do it. Yeah. And and so then you get that that dreamer, you know, that um, that that dream in, in human design. When we, we talk about this, we talk about the uh, the the human design new year actually begins at the gate of imagination, the gate 41, which is on the root center 
which means it's a pressure to put something out into the world, right? To move something out into the world. But unfortunately, a lot of times what happens is what you're describing, right? It's all up here. It's in the imagination. It's the big dream, but it needs the Virgo opposition point, the actionable step to take to bring it down into the world, the practical uh, uh, expression of that dream. So uh, what about deception? Deceiving ourselves. Oh, being deceived. Another key word for this year is transparency. And I wondered, like, how does that play into Piscean energy? You know, sometimes there's too much transparency. (laughs) Right? If you go to Facebook, I mean, oh my God. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm telling you, saran wrap. Of the worst kind, right? It is I mean, the worst kind. Like I some know. things just shouldn't be said out loud. Right. Right. Um, or, or written or put out there into the world. But yet there's other types of tra- transparency that, you know, we can, where we can share of ourselves in a way, but you got to share it with the right people, right? We're not just saying become transparent so that the whole world sees all of your deepest, darkest secrets and dreams. But what parts of yourselves are you, are you holding back? from the world or yourself even let me let me ask you a question as the master astrologer that you are help me um i need you to bring it down a level how is transparency relative to pisces i missed that one well because when we think about neptune as one of the rulers of pisces yeah uh, the more modern ruler right, right. pisces is hard to see through it has this oh, sort of fog yeah. The depth, um, yeah. The, yeah, there. Sometimes it's it's very hard to see. So a lot of times, Piscean people or Pisces in our chart will present us with a uh, a dream, but all the pieces aren't there. You know how dreams can be very abstract and they can be very hard to see. Mm-hmm. So a part of this is in in transparency. We're opening up to whatever it is that that we need to see clearer. And even if we have that Neptune fog, it might be that right now that transparency piece isn't ready to come through. So, so you're saying Pisceans generally lack tr- full transparency? No, I, I don't. I don't. I, that's a that's a shadow energy. That's a shadow potential here. Okay. And what I would say is that wherever Pisces is in our chart is a tendency where we have uh, to hold ourselves back in some way. where we're holding a deeper part of ourselves that, and I'm not saying that everybody should become transparent and, you know, show the whole world that, but what beauty are you holding in your depths that you've been afraid to share? Interesting. That's a very good insight for me. Thank you. Right. And I just realized you're a 29 degree Virgo, aren't you? I was, I always want to push you into Libra because of, of, of that cuspness there. Uh, but you're actually at the end of Virgo. So you are needing to be able to adopt and bring in those Piscean traits to help you ground your Virgo goals, let's say, or your uh, applications. So it's, uh, I forgot what your rising sign is. Sag. Sag. So where's Virgo then in your chart? It's got to be, what about the 10th? It's a ninth house. Ninth house. So then that means you have Pisces in your third house. Yes. So I think where you tap into your creative self is through writing and through art. I do. I do. I totally do. It's amazing. Uh, So anyway, there's that that quality where self-deception or deception can lead us to become more transparent Mm. so that we can more easily connect with those things that are that we've been hiding from or that have been hidden from us. Mm. Interesting stuff, right? So good. Now in the body, there's a correlation too. I like to do this with everybody because the body is often telling you information about what might be going on in a specific sign. Mm-hmm. And for Pisces, what we have is the, the, the lymph system or the lymphatic system, I believe, which mm-hmm. is the system of our immunity. Mm-hmm. right? Our immune system. And as such, our immune system with Pisces can tell us when we are in a toxic or a poisonous kind of environment, when we're ingesting things that are not good for the body. It's a correlation. It's not a, a one-to-one right. uh, uh, conditioning kind of thing, but 
because this is this is not a health show. I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I know that when I feel sort of weak immune, like kind of, you know, am I getting sick? That what I need to look at is what's going on in Pisces. Right? What transits are happening? What What is under pressure maybe in my Piscean part of my chart? Uh, that's just one place to look, right? And what toxins am I taking in? Did you know that sometimes people, especially with Pisces, we've surrounded ourselves with so many different things that we don't even realize when they've become toxic. True. True. Right. So then we can get into hoarding things or we're holding on to emotions or hurts and grievances that have become toxic in yes. the body. So, yes. yeah. And as well, the feet, the feet. Oh, the feet are Pisces. I didn't know that one. Okay. Yeah. So everything to do with the feet. Now, I, I don't, I've never yet, and I don't know, maybe you can, you know, think about this, but I've never yet figured out why the feet are a part of this expression of Pisces. Yeah, that no. to me seemed like, oh, well, shouldn't that have been like, I don't know, another Earth sign, Capricorn, maybe? Well, maybe that's exactly why. I mean, maybe it's the, it would be the feet because they need grounding. Pisces need mm. to be grounded. That's a good one. That's a great one, Tam. Yeah, they need to bring their feet down to the ground, right? P bring those feet down so you can get done what you need to get done. So anyway, that gives us all then a, a really good, pretty good background of what Piscean energy is all about. Now I'm going to share the screen. I, I You'll second. have to tell me. Before you do that, hold a second. Yeah. Susie Gemini just wrote from the comments, uh -huh. souls, S-O-U-L-S, souls, <gasps> S-O-L-E-S. That's oh, awesome. Feet. That's oh, really cute. That's great, Susie. Good one. Good one. Um, Christine also said here, we hold on to people far too long too. Oh, yes. yes. Karen Brackett, feet equals understanding. Mm. So, uh, but Gemini has a, or uh, Susie Gemini is a Gemini sun with a Virgo ascendant and Capricorn moon. Uh, a Pisces dream can be a Virgo rising's nightmare, says Cool Rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Uh, Susie says with whole sign seventh house adjusting from Placidus. Yeah, yeah, because I use now I don't know if you actually draw up charts. Sometimes, yeah. I have been using the whole sign Me too. house method for I don't know, a lot of a couple of years now, I think. Yep. And so it, to me, that just clarifies, right, that yep. everything about Pisces is going to pertain to a certain house in your yep. chart. In your case, the third house. In yep. my case, it's the eighth house. Yeah. And uh, th that to me just brings clarity to something that's kind of hard to understand sometimes is uh, how, how do you read a house that's split in half? Exactly. Yeah, me too. I love using the whole house uh, system. I find it so much easier to do my work. Exactly. Um, uh, Alana, yes, no Pisces in any house. Yes, you have Pisces in some house of your chart. Nobody's missing anything. I have to say this all the time in human design. You are missing nothing. You have right. everything. Yeah. Just about how is it organized in the chart. Right. What you might mean, Alana, is that you have no pl Pisces planets. Right. And that's a possibility for sure, right? That, um, But the way that we look at that is Pisces has ruling planets. It has both Neptune and Jupiter. And so if you want to know more about Pisces in your life, look to where the placement of Neptune or Jupiter or both is in your own natal chart. That will help you kind of tune in, dial in the lenses a bit as to what's happening for you in Pisces. I hope that helps. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, April Elaine Powell, my son is a Pisces Aquarian cusp. And he definitely needs more grounding regularly. <laughs> I love that. Hi, Elaine. Oh. Uh, April Elaine, that's Tam. She's she's one from my tribe. So I'm happy. Hey, well, welcome, April. It's great to see you out there. And uh, I, I welcome all of Tam's audience. And uh, I hope you, you guys will um, keep typing in comments and things and participate with us. Um, so there was something else I was going to say about this before I moved on. What was it? Oh, I lost it. So now I'm going to share my screen. And Tam, I'm going to share my screen and I'm hoping that you're going to be able to see it too. Okay. So you'll have to let me know sure. if you can see this uh, window maybe. Nope, that's not what I wanted to do. That's not what I want to do. It is, oh, hold on. I always forget this. I have to open it up first before it'll let me do it. And 
share screen. Okay. So can you see that screen, Tam? I sure can, yes. Whoa, I love it when a plan comes together. So what we have here is the new moon chart. So the new moon occurs at 9.36 a.m. Pacific time this morning, which is going to be 12.36 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So for you, Tam, you're in Maine, right? Yes. So, so you're the, the three hours ahead of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a snapshot, if you will, of what the sky would look like if we were in Washington, D.C. I use Washington, D.C. as the capital of the U.S. Uh, and, of course, that does put it in the... Um, time zone, the East Coast time zone. And it is such a freaking fascinating chart. I just got to tell you. So I, I outlined here what we're seeing. Here's where the new, can you see my cursor moving yes. around? Yes. Awesome. So right here is where the new moon is. And you see, here's the symbol for the sun and the moon. They're both sitting at 12 degrees, seven seconds or seven minutes of Pisces. So let's just round it over to 12. And then you see Jupiter here at about 14 degrees. So these three are tied together mm. for this new moon, which adds faith, trust. And I love this. Expect miracles. Mm. I totally didn't bring that up. But I think Pisces are very good at tapping into miracle thinking. I want to tap into miracle thinking. I'll have right? Some yeah. of that, right? <laughs> right. What if all of us tapped into the miracle of what's going on in the UK, Ukraine and Russia? What if there was some miraculous way that we could solve that problem could be solved peacefully and uh, in, in a way that would surprise all of us, right? That's the level to which we want to take miracle thinking here because today is a day for setting intentions. And if the intention is to experience miraculous healing or miracles of in our relationships or miracles in the outer world or creative miracles, this is the day. Right. Right. This is the time. Now, I also did you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, the 12 degree marker, which is a three creative expression. Yes. I mean, we just keep adding on to the juiciness of this moon. I'm so excited. Like as soon as this live is over, I'm going to sit outside in the snow. And just do some prayers. <laughs> I hope we'll have a fire going. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's 36 degrees. The air is cold and fresh. And like, that is yummy for me. I love that. Oh, well, we're in the middle of an atmospheric river. So dumping rain, that one isn't so pleasant to sit out in. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, I hear you. But, but it doesn't matter. I can still sit here and tap into the beauty that is out there in the world. Uh, so let's look at a couple of other things. And by the way, Tam, right here, I usually I'm watching your face and then I can tell if you have something to say, but I don't get to see your face here. So plow in with words okay. if you have them. Okay. Uh, so I also like to look in the new moon charts at other things that are popping up. Like what are, what are the other planets doing? Right. Because that's interesting to me too. And here is um, a Mercury Saturn conjunction. Yes. So these guys are at 12. Mm -hmm. These two are at 19 mm -hmm. and this is Mercury and Saturn. And when they come together, they give us a focusing ability right. and the focusing, like taking the lens of a camera or a telescope and being able to bring it in clearer and clearer. Uh, but there's also the ability to create a framework here, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going to build something or start something, uh, a new program or a new creative idea, it needs your kind of Virgo or in this case, Aquarian uh, ability to dial in and make it useful. Now, uh, because these two are in Aquarius, it's not so much that Virgo practical as much as it is the innovative right. or the inventive new ways of trying things. Like if you've never been someone to sit down at the new moon and set intentions, um, why not try that this month? This is a great day to do it. Right? Wait until after 9.36 or 12.36 p.m. because you want the full force of the new moon with you. Absolutely. But try things new. Focus on doing something different, mm. right? If you keep doing things the same way that you've always done them, then you get the same results. If it's working, great, right? But this is pushing us to become a little more innovative, thinking outside of the box, doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we have this very rare creative possibly explosive transit of Pluto, Mars, and Venus, all three at 27 degrees. They're actually conjunct exact tomorrow, but it's in the new moon. I mean, I, I wouldn't discount a few seconds between them, 
like Venus is at 27 degrees even, mm-hmm. Mars at 27.22, and uh, Pluto 27.49. I'm not going to ignore that. Right. I'm going to say, oh, this is a powerful conjunction that's taking part in this new moon. And in this respect, what we have is all of the inner planets, the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, in conjunctions with the outer planets, in this case, Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto. Mm. I, I have been doing astrology for a very long time. And I do not ever recall this happening. And it's not like they're just in close conjunctions. I mean, we have sun and moon, of course, they're always going to be in an exact conjunction at a new moon. But what are the odds that Mercury and Saturn would come into an exact conjunction? What are the odds that Pluto, Mars and Venus are going to be in an exact conjunction, which, by the way, won't happen again for a couple of centuries? Wow. Wow. When I say rare, I mean rare. This isn't something we experience every day. We hear this all the time. We're living in unusual times, but we are living in unusual times. That is really remarkable. Uh, that transit, the conjunction between Pluto, Mars, and Venus, like I didn't know about that one. Wow. Uh, well, you know what? Partly, I didn't see it coming. I did not see this coming last year when we were playing, you know, getting ready for the 2022 almanac. Um, I'm like, wow, that was just totally out of the blue. And I didn't think, I don't think I noticed this until like, maybe November, December of this year, of 2021. And I'm like, well, apparently I wasn't meant to know about it until then. Or we weren't meant to know about it because I think we would have been fretting about it somewhat, right? Because of the context of the world. Uh, But here, this to me is creative energy. When you bring Mars and Venus together, anyway, anytime you bring Mars and Venus together, you're bringing together powerful creative energies, right? The Mars action principle, the Venus feminine principle, the the creative imagination with the ability to take action. And you put now Pluto in it and his power to empower and Mm -hmm. transform. Mm -hmm. And we have transformative creative ability here. So a rare creative and transformative transit. Let's apply that to the the bigger landscape, mm. right? Transformative, creative energy. And how can we apply that to exactly what's going in the bigger world now? Like, I just, you know, the whole miracle energy, like this, it feels so important considering what's going on in the world right now, that a true transformation can happen if we lean into the miracle energy available today. Yes. Right? Dream it into being. Oh, this is, it feels so like my heart is just opening when I look at this and really understand the full potential of what's at hand today. Yeah. And something I'm getting chills as I'm just thinking about this, because we have a generation of young people on the planet right now that uh, maybe I can't remember if they, they're like generation Z, I think they call them. They were born right around late nineties, early two thousands. Gen Z. And um, they're, They've not experienced a world where everyone was at peace. Oh, interesting. Right. Uh, I mean, right from the get go, uh, my granddaughter was born in 2003 and we'd already experienced 911. So we'd already been in this this uh, attacking of Iraq and of uh, Afghanistan. And you know how long that drug out. And we finally we finally get that taken care of or we, you know, stop ourselves from that. And now there's this. Now we're not dragged into it in, as far as, you know, soldiers and all of that yet. Uh, and, I, you know, the miracle part of this is that we get to choose, right? This Pisces right. new moon says we get to choose. Choose. We're choosing in every moment. And yet there's this whole, you know, uh, generation that I, they must feel gobsmacked. I mean, to them, the reality is that everybody's always in conflict. Right. That's, or it that's- must seem that way to them. That's interesting and sad at the very same time. Right. But I think for them, I, I watch my um, my older grandkids uh, because they're the ones right now that I can really see how they're shaping things up. And they're little rebels. Right. They're not accepting of the status quo. Mm. They're not accepting that this is how the world is going to be. And um, they're willing to to put their dollars their energy behind creating a different world Mm. and i just find that fascinating think about how many 
you know, of that age group, they're just, they're stunning in their, um, their wisdom and just, mm -hmm. I, I mean, to me, I'm like, I had to wait until I was, you know, in my forties to have that kind of an awakening. Right. I was in my thirties. Yeah, I know. It's, it's remarkable that they're doing it yeah. at these ages. Yeah. They kind of come awakened. Yes. Yeah. They come in awakened. It's true. <laughs> and they're like looking at all of us going, you guys get up here into the, you know, the now <laughs> get out of that old thinking, that old behaviors. Uh, so this is an extraordinary new moon. And I would just say to everybody, please don't waste it. Right? Don't waste this. What do you want to create? And then I thought I'd bring up one more thing because Uranus here uh, is in Taurus at 11 degrees, 36 minutes. So he's not, he's like a, a degree away from uh, being in a sextile, which is a positive exploration of energies between Taurus and uh, Pisces. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ability, you know, kind of like with, Virgo being an earth sign, Taurus is earth. So being able to take some of that inventiveness, that miracle thinking, that innovation that uh, is a possible and, and grounding it in, right? Mm -hmm. He's, he's the awakener. So he, we have a positive relationship going on there between him and the new moon. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the goddesses. The goddesses are suddenly really on my radar. They are big time on my radar. We have Eris, the goddess of discord, right? She's strife. She's discord. She blows things up, but for a purpose, right? She exposes where uh, some of these Piscean concepts like tolerance, like understanding, like acceptance, like compassion are missing. Oh, right? yeah. And, and she's in a sign of Aries. She's in Aries for everyone. So no need to rush to find out where she is in your chart because everyone on the planet has Eris in Aries and she's still transiting. She takes 500 years or so to go through a sign because she's pretty far out there. And so she's slowly awakening us to uh, spiritual warriorship, mm. right? And sometimes it's slow, like she'll fade into the background and other times it's pretty fast. And right now she is in an inconjunct, which is a very tricky sort of transit to the south node. And that means she oh. is exposing us to all of the things from the past that our beliefs, uh, our wow. actions that don't support where we want to go. Right. Wow. And then not to be outdone. The black moon Lilith over here in uh, 25 degrees of Gemini. Uh, and in Gemini, the black moon, she, she first of all represents our shadow, like the part of ourselves we don't see clearly. So we all have a black moon Lilith in our own chart where our own fear resides, right? This is our fear or our shadow personally. Right now, this is the collective shadow. And the collective shadow here is about the things that we do to make other people happy that don't make ourselves happy. So where we are saying or doing things to get seen, to get heard, or to, um, be, to, to be validated that aren't even the things that we want to be doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So she's also not to be outdone by Eris. She's also in an inconjunct with the South Node. Wow. So what are, which means she, the, the, this trio, Eris, the Black Moon Lilith and the South Node are forming what's called a Yod or a finger mm -hmm. of God. Mm -hmm. And then because the Node themselves are an axis, the North Node is like the boomerang back here. Mm -hmm. So the boomeranging energy, when we choose to move forward out of these shadows, is that we can move powerfully toward the North Node and live a simpler life aligned with our values, mm. our, our real values, our true values, not the artificially um, advertised values that we've, we've gotten ourselves into. So all in all, we have a pretty extraordinary new moon. I guess so. We all have to commit to going out and setting our best intentions under this new moon. It's beautiful. Yeah. I learned a ton. Yeah. And, and not just to not just for yourself, right? But that's right. important. It's important, but for the greater good as well. Yeah. And we have that power. And I think that's dawning on us more and more every day that we're the ones that have the power to create the reality that we 
uh, are living in. So what do we choose? Well, we could talk about the new moon some more, but we have more happening in March as if this wasn't enough. (laughs) We do, I know. Uh, Where do you want to go next? Uh, Well, do you want to go to the moons next or do you want to talk about the rest of the month? Uh, let's talk about the rest of the month. Let's talk about the rest of the month. I've been, I've spent some time this morning, like looking at Mercury. Mercury Mm -hmm. always interests me. You know, that, that little devil of communication and technology. I actually just saw, well, first of all, there's two things I noticed in the chat box. Somebody wanted to understand better the degrees. How, how does 27 degrees differ from nine degrees? Um, in numerology, there's some information we could talk about there, but the degrees themselves, one through 29, you should probably explain to that viewer. And, um, the other comment I wanted to make was about electronics. uh, JLo was talking about electronics acting up and holy moly, like, I feel like electronics just cannot settle. It's been amazing. I, I personally haven't noticed much going on with electronics, but, you know, Gemini, Mercury rules electronics, but it also rules the mind and thinking. And that's where I've been. Yeah. Is that I, I wake up just about every day over the last few couple of weeks, actually with a headache, because Uh, I go to sleep thinking, I can tell that my dreams have been very cerebral. And then I wake up and I'm still thinking. Yeah. And uh, my mind is like, I want to rest. I want, I want to shut down. And so our electronics are sort of the mirror of what's going on in our minds, right? right? They're in the outer world. So when your, your electronics are fritzing out, um, maybe your mind is fritzing too. Oh, my mind is fritzing. (laughs) Also JLo's mind must be fritzing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I always think about like when our cars break down or when, you know, our, uh, uh, equipment, something starts to break down in our outer world. What is it mirroring for us on the inside? Oh, I, like I always do that. Yes. Yeah. So like somebody I was talking to the other day had a gas leak going on and, um, and of course gas can be explosive. And I'm like, well, what's th- I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say this out loud, but what explosiveness is going on within you that's mm-hmm. leaking out little by little, that's hopefully sweet. to avoid the explosion. Mm-hmm. But it gives us the opportunity to to look at that. Um, so I always, I will always do it. So what is it mirroring to me? What is I it showing that. me? Yeah, that's a, a really good practice. I think my my family has stopped asking me, what do you think it means? I'm like, they don't want to know because I'm always. <laughs> <laughs> do you really want to know? Or were, were you just being polite? Or yeah. well, I yeah. now ask them, like, do you really, really want to know what I think? <laughs> yes. That's yeah. a good question. I mean, that's that's really good because that saves you from feeling like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wig you out. Right. Uh, now to answer the question about the degrees. Yes. So there are 30 degrees in each sign. There's there's a few ways I could answer this. Yeah. One is that every sign has 30 degrees in it. There's the numerological co- uh, component that you suggested, right? 27 is a nine. Right. And nine has the number of, well, psychic energy, but also completions or, mm-hmm. you know, bringing things into closure, getting ready for a new beginning. Um, so you could look at it numerologically. We could also look at it as the Sabian symbols, which is a way of looking at each of the degrees of the zodiac as a story. And mm. the story from each degree is changing. And that's a deeper study. It's mm-hmm. one that I don't you, you know, like at first blush, you don't really see like what's the what is the well, I, I'll show you. OK, let's do this. We'll take 27 degrees of Capricorn uh, because that's where the Pluto uh, Venus thing is going on here. So hold on. And in the Sabian symbols, if you guys have your own book, you always have to go up a degree. So if uh, 27 is the degree that the transit is happening, you go to 28 degrees and you read that. And that's because the Sabian symbols move from zero to 29, not one to 30. Make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. So let's see here. This book, by the way, is hard to find. It's called An Astrological Mandala, written by Dane Rudyar. It's old. It's an old but goodie. Okay, so Capricorn 28 says, a large aviary. Hmm. That's the degree. Mm -hmm. 
So a large aviary, the keynote says the enjoyment of spiritual values by the soul able to familiarize itself with their implications. Birds symbolize spiritual forces and the aviary presents us with a picture of these forces or desires contained within a mind open to the light of psychic or soul realities and bringing joy and harmony to the consciousness. The strenuous ascent represented by the preceding scene, well, with, oh, we don't need to go there because that's about the preceding scene because each of these degrees build on the other. Right. But if you just think about a large aviary, um, what beauty. So remember I said that that conjunction, that triple conjunction is extraordinarily creative. Mm -hmm. And when you have an aviary, I'm thinking of going like to the Seattle Zoo, the Woodland Park Zoo, and you, they have these big walk through aviaries where uh, you're actually walking through their environment and there's every kind of bird imaginable from that kind of environment. So think of the birds as ideas or inspirations. So we could look at the degree and we can go, oh, there's a creative thing going on here and I just need to choose which one I'm going to focus on. Mm. or which two or three even which ones am I going to focus on so we can look at the degrees that way as an individual um, part of a story that's been building from zero Aries all the way back to 29 Pisces and we just happen to be at the part of the story that's at 27 degrees of Capricorn now there's another way that we can look at the degrees and that is each of the signs um, have something called a triplicity so if, let's see, we're going to take you, you're a Virgo. So the triplicity for you is Virgo, Capricorn, and Taurus, the earth signs, Yep. right? Her earth signs. And so we can take the 30 degrees of the Zodiac and we can divide it by three of, of that sign. I mean, and we can divide it by three and we get 10 degrees. Mm -hmm. The first 10 degrees of the sign is a, the truest expression of that sign. So zero to 10 degrees of Virgo is the most profound expression of Virgo. Mm -hmm. Then from 11 to 20 degrees, we're going to have uh, a sort of, uh, let's see what comes after Virgo would be Capricorn. We're going to have a sort of Capricorn flair to that mm -hmm. Virgo energy. Mm -hmm. And then with the third degree or the third third of the sign, um, you're going to have a very Taurus sort of gotcha. Virgo energy. Russian. Gotcha. Right. Now we can do the same thing with Capricorn. Let's do 27 degrees. Keep with our story. Uh, it's again, we're looking at now Capricorn being the true Capricorn being the first 10 degrees. Right. Then after Capricorn is going to be Taurus. So Taurus. The, the middle 20, 10 degrees is Taurus. The last is going to be um, Virgo. Right. So now we're like, oh, okay. Now we have to maybe put some action steps, a plan, a set of goals, mm. um, a, and uh, some like uh, you're so good at this, right? I would bet it's on your wall somewhere. The picture that you drew, you draw of your goals or mm -hmm. of your, your dream plans, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, you do this with your readings every year. When I give you your solar return reading, like you make this map. Mm -hmm. And so adding some of those kind of more concrete things to your dreams or to mm -hmm. your your creative energies mm -hmm. so that that's a power that's attached to that 27th degree. Mm -hmm. Does that all make sense? Hopefully. It does. I, yeah, I totally got it. I totally got yes. it. Somebody is asking, are these also called decans? Yes, they're called decans, right? Yeah. They're called decans. And you want to know something really funny. I, I took my oldest granddaughter out to lunch a couple weeks ago and I said, I just want to know what are people your age looking at in, in astrology? Like what, because I know they're, they're totally interested. They're fascinated by it. They're fascinated by astrology, but what is it that you're looking at? And she's like, Oh, things like decans. And I went, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Really? Like that's, that's a kind of obscure part of astrology. Right. Oh, right? wow. But one, she knew that word. Right. And two, that she was interested in it. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So, um, people are, are, are begging, you know, that, that age, they want to go deep into all of this and the decans can help you get to a better understanding. So you're at 29 Virgo. So you're at that last decan, last degree mm -hmm. of that sign, which is a very Capricorn, wait, no, a very Taurus expression of who you are, mm -hmm. a builder, mm -hmm. a master, master builder. builder. I'm a 22. Yeah. Oh, 
there you ha you have a, a little hidden uh, gem in in your astrology that is also matching numerology that tells mm -hmm. you something about who you're here to be. Absolutely. And that's all based on the sun sign. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, right? We can we can take so I'm at 28 degrees of Gemini. And that puts me yeah. at the Aquarian end yes. of things, oh, right? Wow, yeah. So I always am looking at everything to do with astrology or anything in the world differently. Yep, uniquely, yep. Always turning it upside down, seeing what I can shake out. And uh, I, I was probably the kid that took things apart and then <laughs> couldn't put them back together uh, or put them back together differently. Uh, so we all have that ability to look at the degrees in that way. It just gives you a little bit more flavoring. Good stuff, right? So it's remarkable. Every time you think you have astrology uncovered or figured out, just know there's more to it. <laughs> oh my God, Tam. I, I'm going to tell you, you guys are going to just love this because, well, I don't know if you're going to love this or not, but I love this. Uh, yesterday, I woke up at 430 I don't know what time but I got up because I had this thought going in my mind. This is my problem right now is that my mind is so alive with all of these different ideas and inspirations and things. And I was thinking about archetypal astrology. Okay. And how each of the planets, each of the signs, each of the houses are, have an archetype associated with them. So the sun, let's, the sun archetype is the ego, right? The, the, yeah personality, personality. Right? The, the solar you right is what we, we can say and I started thinking about well do the other planets have personalities like okay everything in the chart when I read your chart what I'm looking at is how all of those other planets play against the sun right what about the moon right when I look at the moon in your chart I'm playing that against where the sun is in your chart so I was thinking about that and I ended up looking at something called persona charts okay. where the planets in your chart become persons, personas when the sun in the first year of your life comes up to meet them. So my sun is at 28 Gemini, my moon is at eight degrees Virgo. So when the sun came to meet the moon at eight degrees Virgo, which happened, uh, I want to say it was like July 1st of, of the year. I was born in June. So it was like July 1st-ish. Then my moon persona was born. Okay. So I can draw a chart up for my moon persona. And it's an internal view of who I am from the position of the moon. Now, now the sun is in a different position, right? Now the sun is in cancer at that point in time. Right. And so how does that play out? So the moon persona, and you can do that same thing for when the sun came to Mercury in my chart. Wow. When the sun came to Venus, Mars, on and on. And then you get this, this character that is deep, wow. right? I'm more than my sun sign, but everything in astrology has been based pretty much on the sun sign. And that's, there's a reason for that, because it's a very depth oriented sort of system. And it would be hard to explain all this to somebody, right? But now we're looking at the internal workings. You said you have a Sagittarius rising, right? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. So the first thing I would look at for you as an internal uh, character or persona is Jupiter. Right. Like when did the sun come to Jupiter in your chart? because that's when your Jupiter persona was born and Jupiter persona, Jupiter as an archetype is the wise woman or the wise person, mm -hmm. right? The guru or the, um, the expansive qualities of who you are. Mm -hmm. And so where did that take place and how does that play out against all of the other planets then? So you, so we were, we think we were born once, <laughs> we weren't right. Each of those different planets had a birth date within the, the confines of the astrology of the, the snapshot of the day you were born that we can eke out and we can look at deeper. This, an, an inch wide and 10 miles deep, that's astrology. Like that persona astrology, like that's a whole nother thing I've never heard of. Honestly, I hadn't either. I don't, I, I don't even know what it is that drives me into these things anymore. It's just some kind of idea or an inspiration. Something goes, hmm, go look at that. Okay, I'll do that. Wow. And then I become fascinated by it. 
Right. And, you know, literally, this is just something to me, this is a part of who we are that needs contemplation and time. Yes, this is I'll show you, I actually drew up the charts. So this is what persona charts look like. Oh, wow. Right. So there, there are nine different charts. Yep. Right. Yep. That are, uh, I forgot I had this sitting here. Oops, that's upside down too. <laughs> here, it's upside, it's right side up. And of course, then you see all those lines in there. Yep. Each of those persona charts has its own relationships that it's built with the other planets at that time. So wow. I take that back. My moon was born September 1st of 1961. My Mercury was born July 1st because it's closer. Mercury is pretty close yep. to the sun usually within 45 degrees. And the latest planet in my whole pantheon that was born was actually uh, Neptune. And it wasn't born until November 1st of 19. No, I have a 1962 Venus, May 3rd of 1962, because my Venus is behind the sun. Oh, right. Yep. Okay. So it's just fascinating. And I've not completely unpacked this yet. And I know everybody's out there probably just going, I've got to look at this. I've got to look at this. Well, let me um, say that you ha somehow have given JLo an epiphany in her chart. So that, ooh, talk, that talk had great value. I love it. I love it. Um, so the, the first thing I suggest that if you're going to, you know, pursue this further is to look at the rising sign mm. because that's your personality, your worldview. Right. Right. Uh, and the mask you're wearing, you know, in the world. So I looked at the moon for me because I have a cancer rising and because I've been dealing with a lot of emotional things lately. And I thought, OK, so I got to look at what the moodiness is all about. What is that? Where's that going? What's that yeah. taking me to? Yeah. So we can we can do that. And it reminds me that, you know, astrology is more than just doing readings. I really want to take my practice from doing readings into doing counseling or therapy with it. It's coaching. That's that's how I use astrology. People come to me and they they want to know their astrology chart and I say I can read your astrology chart but if unless you're going to apply it it has no value. So really you're getting a coaching session from me. And <laughs> which is good. Yeah, and that's that's my sweet spot. That's what I do. So um that that works for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and so all of this is to, you know, that was a, a long way around to talk about the degrees of the signs and, yeah. and all of that, but there's layers, there's just so layers, many layers here. So many yeah. layers. Ah. Yeah. And for my audience that they've been following me, you know, some people for years upon years, um, they've seen me build this up over time. So for some of you, you're probably feeling gobsmacked because that is something way out of left field that you're like, oh my God, now how do I figure this one out? Try not to figure it out. Don't figure it out. Just sit with it. <laughs> right. Let me figure out how I'm going to bring it to you <laughs> and then, and then uh, apply it to yourself. So right. JLo, if you want to share, I would love to know what your aha is. Um, uh, and, you know, because let's see, we have only three minutes left and we did not get to where we were going to go. Tell me, what's your next favorite thing for March? Um, I was looking at the 13th of March when the sun conjuncts Neptune and it's a really like spiritually rich day for us. That was the note that I made about that. Looking at, um, you know, our imagination being expansive, our faith being deeper and bigger. And we might need it by then. <laughs> For sure. Uh, that was a day that was on my thing. Um, spring equinox, March 20th, uh, going into the sign of Aries, you know, feeling like a fresh new beginning again. I mean, that's one of our basic every year we have that, but like it excites me. I'm, I'm looking forward to that energy again. Yeah, I thought maybe we should start a movement to move the new year to March 22nd or March, whatever day the spring equinox is on. Sure. Yeah, because it just makes so much more sense to me to have everything birthed when the energy of birth is so prominent. Is um So the Julian calendar versus the Gregorian calendar, is one of them correct? There Are they both not on the... I think the Julian calendar is something I don't even understand, but the Gregorian calendar is so just contrived and mechanical that I think it takes some of the juiciness of what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis away from us. Yeah. Uh, it's just a date, right? March 13th is a date on the, oh, I should probably turn my calendar. It says February. <laughs> um, it's a date on the calendar. It has no spirituality in it. Right. So right. I, I love to, I got to turn that one too. 
um, my Pleiadian Earth Energy calendar where we can look and let's see, let's look at that March 13th date in the calendar that tells us about a spiraling of consciousness. And we see that the 13th is six feeling. So it's an emotional day, one that taps us into uh, this deeper need for peace and harmony. Mm. Sun, that's sun conjunct Neptune. Mm-hmm. Right, right there. Lovely. Um, okay. Thank you so much, Tam. This, this has fun. been great. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get all the way through March, but uh, we can, you know, we we have more time. We can talk some other time. Um, for those of you who are inclined this evening, I will be on with Annette McCoy of Angel Heart Radio at, well, it's actually not this evening. It'll be three o'clock my time, 6 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. Uh, and that is on their Facebook page, uh, Angel Heart Radio. And of course, I do this monthly. They're a, a group out of Australia, a group of women that I absolutely adore. Uh, and we're going to be taking March a little bit deeper. I want to really look at what's the potential for spring, because we can drop a chart for when the sun moves into zero Aries, and we can get a feel for what comes next. Mm. I love that. Mm. So that's it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Much love to all of you. Happy new moon. Uh, we've got about 30 minutes left for that. And uh, I'll see you all on Friday morning. Tam, what do you want to, what's up for you? What, what are you sharing with everybody these days? Uh, well, of course the energy almanac, but besides that, I have a quarterly in your pajamas planning party coming up on March 17th, where we're going to take the astrology and literally time block in our calendars, what to do when based on what's going on astrologically. Woo! On March 17th. Okay. Yeah. If you want to uh, send me that information, I'll make sure I post it out there for people Perfect. Uh, who might want to join for that. That sounds like fun. Who doesn't love a pajama party? Okay. Sounds good, Janet. Right. Can I wear my Tigger pajamas? Yes, you should. <laughs> all right. Much love to all of you. Take care and happy new moon. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.